Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. Sikhanati Manchancha, uh, there's been a lot of um, discussion uh, reasonably, I suppose, about land and the, um, the, an American uh, think tank institute has just recommended to the American government that they push us out or threaten to push us out of AGOA, the agreement whereby we get sort of special access into the American markets. If the land debate ends, um, and Ray, you'll put me right if I'm, if I'm, if I'm mis, mis uh, describing this, um, if, if, we, if, we, if we threaten property rights in South Africa. I mean, it's not, it hasn't taken long for it to become an international problem. It doesn't help that we are right next door to Zimbabwe. Yeah. And at this very point, they are dealing with Venezuela yeah. on the other side of the Atlantic. So they, they, they will, they, they, this land issue will always come out until it is resolved. You need to, to, to kill the uncertainty about it. Yeah. The, the ANC must just go right ahead and do exactly what it is that they want to do, whether it is securing property rights or, but you can't carry, you can't have this uncertainty for long without causing this kind of damage and a whole lot more is coming. It's just that matter of uh, being undecided uh, by, by, by the governing party. Ray, you've, you, 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 you saw the note about, uh, it was yeah. the Cato mm. Institute. It's I the think. Cato Institute. I mean, I, I think, you know, probably not to the left of the political spectrum, no. but it's more about perceptions yeah. that, that exist overseas. Yeah. And, you know, it's the first time I've seen an institute like that. They're ranked as one of the top yeah. think tanks actually calling on Trump to kick us out of a goer, which would be very bad for yeah, us. It would, no. um, yeah. And it would begin a little mini trade war with the US, which we can't really afford. Yeah, we so win. the perception that they have is that we're heading down the Zimbabwe style mm. road, even though there are some indications that we aren't, like this meeting that took place. With yeah. You know, between AgriSA. Well, and this the is, I was going to raise that. I mean, so AgriSA, as I understand it, guys, um, had meetings with um, both Vice Deputy President Didi Mabuza and separately with Suramaposa yesterday, I think. Um, both emerging, saying, you know, that, that nobody's panicking, there's no reason to panic, uh, everything is under control, the ANC is committed to doing this thing properly, to ensuring that there are no land invasions, that nothing unfair is done. It's, and, that, and that whatever is done um, passes constitutional muster, which it'll have to anyway. Um, and I see the front cover today of the Financial Mail, or this week's Financial Mail, um, has um, uh, the bank speaking out on land expropriation, old Max Cyril wants your farm, E-I-E-I-O. Um, and all, is the, the story is saying the same thing, that nobody's panicking about it yet. The only people who are panicking are probably ordinary people in the market trying to buy or sell homes um, who are in trouble because, because of the lack of clarity, because nobody stands up and says what exactly is going to happen. Lucanio, I mean, this is a, it's not a crisis, but it's a bad situation for people, and surely this is easy to resolve yeah. if you talk. I, mean, I think that's the point Sikonati was making. I mean, I think the head of the land bank made the same point, point this week, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're not against land reform. But if it's done terribly, because they like basically like lend money to farmers, and then they use those, they accept all those like lenders collateral, which yeah. then they use to fund other people, I mean, to fund themselves. So can you imagine in a situation where you you have a messy like expropriation issue, which then triggers all sorts of like defaults and things, and then then you multiply that. I mean, I, I think the commercial banks have about 130 billion rands of loans that are covered. 
by yeah. agricultural land. So the, the, these are sort of uncertainties that you can't really afford to have, in no matter what the, the reassurances we have every day. But, but in terms of like everyday times how we run markets and people worrying about where things are and, going. And, it, and Ray, what, what would be stopping the government or the president from coming out and making it more clear? Um, well, or does he, you know, is, is it the people just simply don't believe him or the, or the EFF does something and he responds to it and everybody thinks, oh, well, he's not really running yeah. the country? You see, I think that there, there's an election coming up. And I think that, I'm, I'm guessing here, mm. but I, I think that Ramaphosa probably doesn't want to put all these cards on the table now mm. because that the EFF will then react and say, oh, so time. you are preserving the commercial, you know, agricultural yeah. property yeah. rights. Yeah. We're the real revolutionaries, not you. And then they'll yeah. campaign on that going into yeah. the election. Um, so probably wants this to happen later rather yeah. than sooner. But of course, that means uncertainty in the meantime. And, and that is exactly why only AgriSA came out about that statement and said, the ANC said. Yeah. The ANC itself did not come out and say, we met with uh, these commercial farmers, our great farmers yeah. who feed us, and we will not expropriate their land. No, no. It's, it's AgriSA that, that, that came out and said, the ANC has promised us. The ANC, no leader of the ANC will stand up and say we will not expropriate commercial land. Yeah. Exactly well, that, for it the was the party that, apparently the party asked for the meetings, not the other way around. Whoever did, mm. the ANC will not gloat about having asked for that meeting. Yeah. They, will not, they will certainly not boast about uh, having given assurance to, uh, to, to, to formal yeah. agriculture yeah. that we will not expropriate land because of exactly what Ray has just said, Is because they will be playing to the EFF suite. Sure. I mean, uh, I don't know whether there's an awareness in the EFF, and it, it may not really matter, but... Is there a general awareness in the, in the, let's say, the NEC of the ANC that there is a potential here to completely stuff up this economy and its banking system and its financial system if this goes, if this goes wrong and it's badly handled? Luke? No, on that note, Peter, like, I know you've got a lot of interest in UK politics. I was going to ask you whether this reminds me of Britain in a way. Yeah. You know, like how they got to Brexit. It was yeah. a small party that did not even have a single, UK, yeah. a single seat, which yeah. spooked the big party yeah. into doing, calling it a final that is unnecessary. Yeah. And then look where the country is now, yeah. where they, they could be falling out of the biggest trade body. It's extraordinary. They could, be out of, they, could, they could be out of cancer drugs in a few yeah. months. Yeah. I mean, and this is what based, basically on a party that had one seat that yeah. managed to intimidate yeah. and, and fool the no, bigger absolutely. one, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I mean, do you, do you think, do you think that, that the ANC has the courage, or the NEC, has, the, has, has an awareness of what's at stake? They, Peter, I, I don't know, uh, I mean, the caliber of people there, yeah. they, they are something else. But let it be said here and now, nobody is interested in land reform. Not the ANC, not the EFF, not Julius Malima. Yeah. This is just politics yeah. and electioneering. Yeah. We are in this mad season, which of course has got a big human cost. Yeah. There are people whose loans... Uh, uh, who, who will not get any funding in the banks because the banks uh, cannot, uh, don't know whether they should accept. And in the financial mail, we make it clear that, by the way, only a very few well-capitalized farms can run without, a, without bank support. Yeah. And, and what, bank, uh, what, what bank is going to extend its loan book further into the agricultural sector yeah. to, to increase that 160 sure. billion rent that they already exposed to. And there's some interesting, there's some interesting bits um, um, in, 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 in the piece, which I might come to a little later, 
But I was interested in the, the list that was circulated the other day by AfriForum. Uh, they had about 195 farms on this list. I don't know whether you saw, you, saw, you saw it was like a week I ago or something. The article. I, think yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned Adrian Basson's yeah. article about it as well. That's right. Mm. And, I, and I just thought it was, a, well, it was such a stupid thing to do if you were trying to defend the people's farms who were on the list because they are now worth nothing, those farms. Mm. I mean, if you were trying to sell one of those farms and it now appears on the <laughs> list, AfriForum has screwed you big time by, by publishing this thing, whether it's bogus or not. And even more alarmingly, the Institute of Race Relations said it thought the list was authentic. Mm. On, on, on a matter of uh, where emotions are leading the debate, such as this one, there, there's bound to always be a huge room for disinformation. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that list is authentic, can you really just tell me that uh, someone in government will sit there and say, we want that farm and that farm and that farm and that farm and will take it? Mm. And they will throw up a list and give it to, uh, to, to Afroforum to publish? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I can't I, I'm not, up. of course, disputing the 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 the. the I think, I think, as I understand it, this is a list of farms where attempts have been made at expropriation, and have failed, because there have, you know, there's been no willing buyer, willing seller okay, yeah. agreement reached between yeah. the farmer yeah. and yeah. the government. So okay. the government is saying that it's looking for some test cases yeah. in court, which will none of which might be on that list. Yeah. Though. But this, you know, it'll be from these farms. They'll take some of these farms, yeah. go to court and try and expropriate them yeah. in terms of the existing constitution to right. test whether or not yeah. the clause allows for it. Yeah. Uh, There's already it, a case. It leads to some really weird reporting. I mean, Report ran a story that, this weekend, which I really also was upset about I thought, as a journalist. The big headline was, First Farm Seized. And it was just ridiculous, you know, because it wasn't talking about expropriation without compensation. <laughs> it was talking about something completely different, um, of which there are 23 other examples since, I don't know, 2009. And, and the farm in question, or the farms, were game farms, right? So they didn't go and grow anything there. They just allow people to come and shoot whatever, they, whatever wild animals they see. Um, and, and the farmers, the, the owners wanted 200 million rand for, for them. And the government was offering 20 million rand, which was the same amount of money that some other commercial offer, uh, some other commercial enterprises had offered them for the same land. So there was a general kind of agreement about what this place was actually worth. Um, and to, you know, to go ahead and scream a headline like that, I just thought, yeah, you're just asking for trouble. Don't complain when it all goes wrong, if you're contributing to it in that way. I mean, we've got to, we've, as journalists, I think we've got to be careful too, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a sort of atmosphere of panic yeah. Which is not good. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things to remember is that within the ANC, there are landowners. Sure. And well, one of them is Sir Ramaphosa. And Guerin Montage has a farm in the Eastern Cape. Of exactly 12,000 hectares. You know, <laughs> Sorry, not 11,999. You know, they don't want their property prices to vaporize either. Yeah. You know, which, because the general effect, uh, I think, of the hysteria yeah. is to make all land transactions Absolutely. Uh, no, slow you can down. See, you can see it in the local, even in the domestic market in housing in, in, in Joburg. Yeah. It's fallen off quite, quite sharply. People are just waiting and seeing. Right, we'll be back after this break. Don't, uh, don't uh, go away.
Welcome back. Well, while the land debate goes sort of nowhere or rumbles around and people get nervous, um, two important, uh, to soon to be joined by others, commissions of inquiry underway. The Zondo Commission started uh, this week and is due to last for up to two years. That's the amount of time that uh, Judge Ray Zondo is looking for. Um, and of course, the inquiry into the South African Revenue Service, uh, SARS, uh, where today a business, report, a business day is reporting that um, uh, it's, uh, that SARS has been inflating, <laughs> inflating its uh, uh, compliance figures for personal income tax, for, for corporate and personal uh, income tax. And none of this stuff is really surprising because the, the, the performance in the last year or so of Tom Moyani's thing was a, bit, bit, was a bit too good to be true, no? And he claimed to have raised a trillion rand yeah. based on those figures. Yeah. Now, Peter, in the, in the bureau that Tom Moyani has been commissioner, he's helped to get rid of exactly 57 senior managers and executives at SARS and did that internal restructuring. This again came out in the commission uh, hearings yesterday. Yeah. Did that internal restructuring that got rid of the people who would tap you down and say, hey, you have not paid your, you have not submitted your tax return. Uh, it's not surprising that he's claiming these kinds of, uh, the, 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 there yeah. are these claims about SARS inflating. Now, the, the question is, if you can't trust the guy who collects the tax, we already know we can't trust the people who are Entrusted with spending it, yes. who can you trust? Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. The the I mean the the, the point about um, uh, um, both these inquiries, I suppose, is that they they're there to try and sort of win at least one of the one of the fronts that Cyril Ramaphosa is fighting on. So he's fighting on a political front, but also on a kind of moral yeah. moral front. I mean, he's, he's and in, 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 to an extent, he's not doing too badly on the scraping out, clear, cleaning out the, the muck front. I mean, there have been some huge reports leaked mm. in the last couple of days from the Treasury, from uh, legal firms into um, all of the nonsense going on at, at Prasa and, and Transnet. Uh, and um, uh, it seems to me to be making some sort of progress there. I don't know whether it feels like that to, to you, but it certainly does to me. What worries me is whether politically because I can't get a real sense of it, whether he's whether he's whether he's going to be okay. Because you keep hearing these, keep reading these stories, particularly on the in, on the, in the Sunday papers, <coughs> of fightbacks from people. You know that 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 um, Brian Malefe is fighting back, or Coco is fighting back. All these people are fighting back. Is that is that real? That fightback? Do you think? I think I think it is. I mean, yeah. I th you know, there's too much at stake for them. I think that ultimately this is going to wash out into the criminal justice system under a head of national prosecutions yeah. who presumably will be much keener and more professional yeah. in going about these, these prosecutions. And so it becomes really serious for these people. They have to do everything they can to undermine, weaken, delay, you know, uh, uh, slow down yeah. This, the, of, the all of, these, of all of these beautiful characters, Sikonati, who's going to be first to look for, um, uh, to sort of hide behind, uh, you know, turning state's witness? Who do you think is the weakest character there? You see, that, that, that only... I've got my favorite. That, that only happens when you, 
when you have an arrest and there's a judge dangling a 20-year yeah, jail yeah. sentence. Yeah. I'd go for Anuj Singh. Yeah, me too. Uh, as he a would start. be my guy. Go for Anuj Singh. Yeah. Second, go for Brian Mulefe. Yeah. Uh, when, 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 when someone has lost everything, or <laughs> almost everything, yeah. you, you want that person and you make an example of them. Have you seen, have you seen the ENS report? Um, uh, in the, the forensic report into the, into the tender for the 1,025 locomotives. Have yeah, 1,064 locomotives. 1,064. Yeah. Well, it specifically recommends that those two guys, in at least six instances, be arrested and charged with criminally mm. for transgressions that, that they've done. And I can't help thinking that they must look at this if they've got any sense and think to themselves, oh my God. You know, this, uh, where do I go now? At, at this point, Peter, they are probably sleeping very easily. You uh, think? Uh, at this point. Th th that only changes when there's an, an, a proper arrest. Yeah. And someone has to plead for bail and sleep two nights yeah. in a prison cell. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you've got a billion well, it's, you know, it's already happened and we forget, you know. It's happened to two other important people. One is Jacob Zuma. Okay, he hasn't, you know, he's yeah. not, hasn't slept a night in a cell. And the other one is his son, Dudazani. Um, and it'll soon happen to Brian Molefe, and it'll soon happen to... We, we, we to are Anna definitely Singh. going to see arrests, okay? Yeah, yeah. And that is the only time I'll get excited. Yeah. Uh, without impugning on the integrity of the Honorable Judge Ray Zondo yeah. and Rob Nugent, what they do yeah. in these commissions that yeah. we're talking about, yeah. only will end up in recommendations. Of course. No action whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, if, if you want to hide anything... But we don't have to wait for them to finish that, doing that's, that's exactly my point. Yeah. If you want to hide anything as a politician, yeah. uh, appoint a commission of inquiry to investigate it. That's a classic way of hiding it. So forget what they are doing, uh, the honorable men they are. Wait for arrests. When, when, when Marcella Gogo has been arrested and accused of something, when Brian Mulif has been arrested and accused of something, one of them is going to rat up on the others. Of course. And that's when we will yeah. see action. Yeah. No, it'll be lovely. It'll be, it's a, it'll be a beautiful thing we to, just uh, have, to behold. I, I, it's just it's taking too long. Yeah. No, no it's not. It's not. We can't. It, it, it is, but, but be, it's simply it's taking so long because the police don't understand the complexity of the crime. And so what's coming out now is these reports, and if you read the ENS report, it, was, it basically describes in detail, here is his name, this is what he did, this is why you should arrest him, and this is what you should charge him with. And, and then uh, MNS Artinis adds MNS, that, uh, MNS yeah, uh, the, the, Then they add that Anuj Singh received these millions yeah. and these. Not, yeah. Now arrest just one of them. Yeah. One of yeah. them. You, you've got the it's whole thing crumbling. It's got to come soon. It'll crumble, it'll, it'll crumble soon. Okay, Gwede Mantashe, last week he was telling us how big our farms need to be. This week he wants to withdraw from the MRPD. And they must be the size of his own farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week he wants to withdraw from the MRPDA. And why would, I don't understand why he would want to do that. He wants to withdraw the whole thing and start again, I presume, because no. it's all got too messy. No, he, he wants to withdraw the, this, uh, this amendment bill, which, as if they had passed it uh, 2015 yeah. already. Yeah. And by the way, this goes all the way back to 2013. Yeah. They are trying to amend the mineral resources, uh, mineral, resource, mineral and petroleum resources development bill. Yeah. They, they, they want to amend that. 
and and they want the state the state to have a, a free carry, which means if you invest twenty billion rand searching for oil uh, down in the Indian Ocean, the, yeah. the state already owns twenty percent of that, and you are forced to give another twenty or thirty percent to BE and and and. He says, okay, wait, guys, we don't need to be dealing with the petroleum energy in this. Yeah. The Mineral Resources Act as it stands. It's got uh, its own free carries. And it's yeah, own, and, yeah. And, and it's sufficient. So he yeah. wants to withdraw the whole thing. This is after five years and after three energy ministers who have created uncertainty that has made it impossible for people to drill for oil or even for the Karu matter. Uh, I know now I'm getting into the environmental snaps. Yeah. Uh, but for the caro matter to be, uh, to be done, where people need to search for gas, yeah. all of a sudden there's this new minister and before him there was Museveni's one. I can't even remember who was before Museveni's one. Yeah. They all, oh, for the Claudia. previous five years, yeah. Ramaklodi and Susan Shabangu, you, you, you can count until you run out of fingers. Mm. They've all been trying to, uh, to sort out this mineral What's uh, the problem with it? What's act. so difficult about it? Because the state wants to grab 20%, that's the start. Of, 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 of oil, any new oil investment. and gas or minerals? Oil and gas and minerals. Any new investment, any new mining venture. Well, why doesn't it just say so and pass the bill and get on and see what, see what the result is? Which will, of course, be no investment, but we know that. We know that, but uh, you know that that first act was uh, drafted by our Honorable Seven Zizwane yes. and included a clause that... Uh, gives the Guptas quite a, a big yeah. say in, in the matter. So uh, that's because they were, they were, um, there was a change in which you could, if you'd become a naturalized South African after. Yeah, yeah. all of it depends yeah. who's president of the ANC, who's the minister <laughs> yeah. at that particular point. <laughs> and and that's, that, that's, that's the to and fro and the uncertainty that, that, that uh, you, we, we've been talking about for years. So it's going to. Uh, can come I just back. ask something there? Do you know, does anybody know, is it common for. If you went to sort of drill for oil in the North Sea, Luke, where, you, and where you've been quite close to for the last couple of years, and, you've, and you found some oil, would, the state, would, this, would you pay the state a royalty or, or some sort of free carry? Would they get a stake in what you do? I mean, I wouldn't say to be an expert in this, but I mean, if you, I mean that was one of the big debates, for example, around the whole issue in Scottish, Scottish independence, because yeah. they how they were going to fund it. That, and one of the things was I mean, all the royalties from the drilling and the oil companies at the, at the time. Yeah. And then obviously that sort of fell apart when the oil, when the oil price fell yes. apart. But I think there is to some extent, but there, there is a definitely a levy. Yeah. Uh, but like whether it's anything as big as this kind of carry of 20% you're talking about, I don't, in, I, I don't actually know. In, in South terms. Africa, yeah. all the minerals, including whatever oil you might find, belong to the state. So you pay a royalty of 8%. 8 Eight, yeah. It's much, so they, it's much they, higher in Australia. So they wanted in this uh, uh, law that Mantasha is pulling yeah. out of Parliament. In addition to that eight percent royalty, they wanted an equity of twenty yeah. percent again in the hands of the state. And the, the difficulty there is that the state would not be paying for the twenty percent. Yeah. yeah. And they are again forcing uh, uh, the investors to give another thirty percent to black investors. Uh, whether or not that would be funded is, is that in, is that in oil and gas or just in mining? In mining and oil and gas, mm. it's treated as one and the same. So you already have fifty-eight percent of the whole thing out of the investors' hands. The actually person who brings the the yeah. money and yeah. the skill into it, they've lost fifty-eight percent, and that's why it's not been able. They've not been able to push it through Parliament. But they've got the numbers to push it through Parliament. Is, there, is, it, a, is it a question of not having the argument to push it through? I mean, is anybody in the ANC who's It's unconstitutional as a stat. Yeah. And secondly, it says 
Museveni uh, also inserted a clause that said, out of the revenues, you must pay your PE investor dividends yeah. before you pay any out of other the revenues. Yes, out of the <laughs> revenues. Uh, I, I think he said 1% of revenue mm -hmm. you pay uh, as a dividend to the PE investor. Yeah. Now, you, you're separating the PE investor from the other investors. Yeah. If you're paying them 1% of revenue, what are you going to pay uh, uh, yeah. in taxes? And what are you going to pay to? How are you treating the other shareholders? Yeah. Right. I mean, where does where does this. There's so much nonsense here. Um, uh, and, and By people who have no clue what they are doing. No, but they yeah. didn't have any clue before either in, 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 under apartheid. And the colonialists didn't have a clue really either. They were, everybody makes it up as they go along in their own interests. I mean, what is our, what is the well, arc of our story you know, look I mean, like? I think that the arc is that, you know, there was all of this process that took place was under the Zuma administration. And now you have a new administration which is saying, hang on, let's not do yeah. this. So I think it's, it's quite positive, I would say. It shows that there is some sensitivity would he, would to investors. Would he, investors. for instance, Ray, do you think, would he stop this, this border, this border tax um, agency that the Home Affairs seems to want to create? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but yeah. there's clearly a, a view being taken here yeah. that we must be careful about affecting investment. Yeah. In this particular sector. In this particular case, yeah. yeah. Um, which should be a tick, I think. Okay. Um, because for years it's been right. bulldozed, pushed against a massive outcry from everybody in the industry. Yeah. Uh, Listen, just one other story that I noticed on, on the front page of Business Day today was ShopRite uh, reporting its first loss in 25 years or ever. Um, so, uh, since 1998, okay, there we go, it's a long time. So after acquiring OK Bazaars for the princely sum of one rand from, from breweries, what, what, ha what, you know, what, what, what would, why would Whitey not be able to make a buck in, the, in today's market? What would have I stopped mean, it? In fairness, they've had a good run for 20 years. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've been speaking about these issues. I mean, I mean this is actually not, the interesting thing here is not just so much about shop it's, it's what it says about the whole economy. Uh, and I mean, let's correct this, it's not a loss. It's the first drop oh, in drop in earnings. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's correct. And I, mean, I think for me, the interesting story is, is what is really what is telling us about the macroeconomic picture. Yeah. Like it's actually looking gloom. I mean, you, I think, I think from ShopRite to mess that, then to even Woolworths. I mean, the Woolworths has got more to do with Australia yeah. and stuff. But it's, it's, but I mean, you look about it, it's, it's all it's telling you is that the South African consumer, South African household, is under immense pressure from all these issues, and. And it's also filtering through. I, I, I don't necessarily know, think it's a case of bad management. I mean, it's hard to say after one year. After, and if you look at also like the whole issue with Angola, I mean, ha, ha, so the Angolan currency do they have do they have a big, do they have a big operation in Angola? I think it's like we said that they said they had a great run in Angola as well over two years. What sixty yeah. percent growth in earnings, and and, and, and now like that in, in terms of the rest of Africa operations, it was just eighty five percent down. And right. And Angola, was, Angola now sees Sukunati has called in the IMF for help in yes. promising that they'll behave and do whatever reforms the IMF wants uh, them to we, do. We, we are following Suti in, the, yeah. in Angola steps. But the thing about Angola was the devaluation of the Kwanzaa against the US dollar, uh, following, uh, of course, that big uh, long slump in terms of uh, oil prices, which Angola relies heavily on. But yeah. the ShopRite story is really 
a very South African story. The 67% of their revenue comes out of this country. Yeah. And this is a country where we have increased VAT by 7%, we have, uh, we, which they can't pass on to consumers. Yeah. 13,400 items they could not increase prices on. Wow. Uh, and and uh, you have energy prices, ESCOM and, and fuel uh, going through the roof. In addition to that, you've got a starving consumer. They have had a 35% increase in break-ins and robberies at the store, yeah. at the stores. Yeah, that, 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 that's the South that's African story. That's a whole story. new way of shopping. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for listening to us, and we'll see you again next week.